this is a passage of scripture that we are very familiar with and I want to bring some truths to your attention I want to say a special thank you to Brian for allowing me to mentor him and fuss at him and scold him 90% of you would not have got up and, and did what pastor asked but what does Brian know he's an ex drug addict uh, I thank God for the lives that are being changed by this ministry and what God is doing and what God is saying uh, as many of you know several weeks ago I was asked to host a uh, NA class which stands for Narcotics Anonymous there is also a uh, AA Alcoholics Anonymous and I, I did host it for a couple of weeks enjoyed hosting it and uh, but when when the, the when the meeting would begin I always got depressed because you would introduce yourself as saying my name is Hank and I'm a drug addict well there's a lot of things the Bible says about me but none of them say that I am a drug addict we had a young lady that was a part of our our class for several weeks and then she stopped coming but her attitude was I have a disease and so I need NA I need AA so let's acknowledge you do you do have a disease it might be drug addiction maybe you do have a disease but Psalm 103 verse 1 2 and 3 says bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord all my soul who forgiveth all look at someone say all my iniquities and healeth all say all my diseases so if you feel like you've been diseased by drugs I have good news today the blood of Jesus was shed that you might have life and have it more abundantly so with the permission of leadership I changed the guidelines of NA we call it now the road home and every Thursday night we meet usually for the food the food's always good time of fellowship anywhere from 15 to 20 of us will meet and we share some of the some of the life issues or some of the things that we're going through and we learn early in our meeting that God wants us to be happy how many knows that God wants you to be happy turn to your neighbor give him a Pepsi and Colgate smile and say God wants you to be happy now make a stupid face and try to give him to smile some of you just kind of yeah there you go it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile and in the uh, on the road home I created a new alphabet would you like me to share that alphabet with you today when we when we introduce ourselves at the road home we say my name is Hank I've been clean 31 years I'm not a drug addict but I am you're ready adopted by the father I am born again I'm a child of God I'm a doer of the word I'm excited to be alive I'm full of faith I'm God's kid I'm heaven bound I'm not intimidated by the enemy I'm just passing through I'm a king's kid I'm in love with Jesus I'm more than a conqueror I'm not the tail I'm the head I'm an overcomer I'm a part of the puzzle now, if I got to shout every time I say this it's gonna take twice as long are you with me I am quickened by his presence I'm a royal priesthood I'm saved sanctified and satisfied I'm triumphant over the grave I'm under the blood I have victory over death I'm a warrior in battle I'm excellent in all I do I'm young at heart and I'm zealous for his touch now how cool is that that's the ABC's of what you are in Christ and God actually wants you to be happy he really does want you to be happy when we look at Philippians the fourth chapter and if I may bring to your attention that we also created 21 uh, power scriptures and two of those power scriptures are things like I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me my God shall supply all my need both of those truths are found in the book of Philippians Philippians those are probably two of the most quoted in the charismatic circles of, of, of life I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me I really believe that you can I believe you really can do what you put your heart and your spirit and your mind to uh, excellent word last Sunday that brother Perry shared on the soul the spirit the body and we look at the soul being the mind the will the emotions the five senses the the eye gate the nose gate the ear gate the mouth gate the touch gate that God has given us all those things to enjoy life unfortunately 30% of most flowers do not have any kind of smell they're just there they just look pretty but they don't but they don't smell good how many of God doesn't want you just to look pretty he wants you to smell good too he gives you a special ingredient for going into his presence the Bible says in everything give him thanks and a lot of times we are not consciously aware of some of the things that we need to give thanks for because we just take for granted it'll always be there last Wednesday when the storm came through as I shared with you earlier I was very irritated I was going to take Pastor Ronna J. Alexander that's her favorite place I love the carrot cake there's only one other carrot cake like that 
and that's Tammy Myers. But I, I drive just for the carrot cake. We were going to go. The kids were going to stay at the house. Different ones at church were going to decorate the sanctuary for her party Friday night. And then the storm came. Okay, the lights went out. There's no electric. I'm, I'm worried about my fish. My saltwater aquarium fish, they're going to die. There's no power. I got on the phone, tried to find someone in a motel. I said, I'm not sitting here in the dark. We're going to go to a motel, and we're going to watch American Idol. I am not going to miss American Idol. I called four different motels. Of course, AT&T is out. Nobody's answering. And then I wandered through the house. I went, first of all, to make me a cup of coffee, pushed the button. The light didn't come. I said, what's wrong with the coffee pot? Then I went into the bathroom and turned the light on just so I could see what I was doing. Uh, there was no light. And then I went to check the, the phone, the landline phone. Well, it obviously didn't have power. And so I was getting more and more frustrated as, as the evening went. Then I started getting Facebook or, t or texting on my phone that tornadoes were taking place and that people were dying and lives were being lost. And there was many, uh, uh, major confusion in, in Tuscaloosa and in Ringgold and, and Udo, uh, Epicent, some of the different areas of, of, of Tennessee. And I sat there and I felt, I felt bad that all I could worry about was me. Can anybody relate? It's always about me. Everything in life is about me. From the cradle to the coffin, it's all about me. In Rick Warren's book, 40 Days of Purpose, the very first line of that book, and I've shared it a hundred times, he states, it's not about you. It never has been. It never will be. It's all about being the Christ that God wants you to be and then exercise that faith and that, that action towards others so that others can see Christ. It was Jesus that said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. For a long time, I struggled with that because I knew that whatever I gave, I would receive back, that God would bless me. And then things started happening that my, my giving illuminated or ignited something inside of me that I realized I was born, I was made to give. There are two types of people in, in life, in, 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 in every walk of life. There's a giver and there's a taker. I was teasing with Brian the other day. He had uh, two Red Bulls, and I went to reach for one, and he grabbed it, pulled it to himself, and then he, and then he offered it to me. I said, no, your, your sinful nature was to be greedy, to hog that Red Bull for yourself. But are we not, are we not all, all greedy? With the exception of Whitney, when you get in a wreck, you always turn the car away. You turn your body away from the wreck, although so the guy sitting in the, in the passenger seat, he didn't have much of a chance. But, but mentally, we, we, everything we do, we focus to protect ourselves. And we focus to, to bless ourselves. The past several weeks, we've been talking about the mind, the heart, the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we've been learning to look and see what God's word has to say about us so that we can walk where God wants us to walk and we can do what God wants us to do. Is there any witness in the house today? Can anybody bear that with, with, witness with me? Let me share with you. Uh, just a few verses. Notice in the first verse of Philippians 4, six times Paul will use expressions of affection. Look at somebody and say, expressions of affection. The Apostle Paul loved the body of Christ. Those in, 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 in religious order, those in religious leadership tried to kill Paul. They tried to hate, they tried to take him out. They hated what he said. They hated what he stood for. And usually when people don't like you, it's because you're doing something they should be doing, and they're not doing it, and they become angry at you because you're doing what God called you to do. Tell me how that makes sense at all. But, but, but usually somebody will be irritated or frustrated or, or put you down or run you down because you're actually trying to do something for the kingdom. Reminds me of, a, of, a, of an author, of a, a famous Christian author, was kind of had a... One of those times when his brain kind of shut down. He couldn't get any thought. He couldn't get any, any themes. So he took a vacation. Went, I believe, to Panama City. And one morning was walking along the beach only to see that a certain wave had washed hundreds of thousands of, of uh, starfish on, on the beach. And they were all laying there and they just washed up on shore. And he noticed a little boy about 12 years old picking up the starfish and tossing it back into the ocean. And he walked up the little boy and he said, Son, you'll never... You'll never get all these starfish back in, in the ocean. What you're doing doesn't matter. And that little boy picked up the starfish and he said, it matters to this one. <laughs> your life can so greatly impact somebody who desperately needs to see your life. Two things that have become my signature thought and theme. Number one, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of our testimony. It is your testimony that will touch the heart of someone that's broken, someone that's bound, someone that's frustrated, and they get some kind of hope when they hear that you have been where they're at and you're not there anymore. Man, it's fun to go from, can, can you relate? It's fun to go from one level to the next level. At least we're not fighting the same demons. Or when you go to the next level, there's new demons waiting for you, but, but what won't kill you makes you stronger. Hello, going without electricity for four hours didn't hurt us. I, I went to find all my, I'm a, I'm a hunter. Actually, I'm a killer. I'm a, and I have flashlights through all, throughout, all throughout the house. And lo and behold, all of our flashlights were dead because Christine turns the light on and forgets to turn it off. So all of our flashlights are all, they're, they're all dead. We find, can, we find candles. We've got them all throughout the house. So we went in one room and it smelled like coconut. We go in another room, it smelled like papaya. We go in one room, it smelled like a gas station bathroom. I mean, all these different candles, all these, all these different scents. But you know, I realized every one of those candles were important because they did what needed to be done. Look at somebody and say the difference between a star and a candle that falls the candle can be relit. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants to be a superhero. Everybody wants to be great. Everybody wants to be fantastic. But you notice something about a star. When a star falls, it's never lit again. But you watch a candle that gets blown out or carelessly knocked over. Another candle can come and ignite that candle, and that candle can be all it's supposed to be. And maybe God has placed in your life the ministry of just relighting candles. That's what your testimony is all about. That's what your anointing is all about. That's what your favor is all about. In Rick Warren's book, 40 Days of Purpose, if you, if you read the book correctly, which I never do, you're only supposed to read one chapter a day, memorize the scripture, do the devotions, and it makes you stronger. And I thought it, I, I thought it was such a cool book because it addresses things. I, I thought about 40 days that Jesus fasted. I thought about 40 years that the, the children of Israel were in bondage. And I, I thought about the number 40 and how significant that number is. And so I found something that relates to 40. And say this with me. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now watch the attitude of the world. When we get this revelation and we get it from a man who has 300 wives and 700 girlfriends. That, that was Solomon. And no wonder he said death first. Death and life we are of the nature, come on, we speak death first before we speak life. Okay, look at me just for a minute. Tomorrow, they're going to say 30% chance of rain. Why don't they say 70% chance of sunshine? I mean, I mean, if, if you watch headline news, what, what bleeds, leads. And if somebody dies, somebody gets run by a truck, somebody murders somebody, that's in there. But you know what? I've been, watch, I've been watching the news pretty serious the past couple of days. I've not really seen any, any headlines that's honoring all the people taking their chainsaws and taking their rakes and shovels and going and cleaning up a neighborhood. You don't hear a whole lot about that. But right now, our city is doing what our city was meant to do. We're touching those that are weak. We're blessing those who are in bondage. We're setting the captive free with our love. And Jesus told us in John, they will know you are Christians by your love. And this past week, has been, it's been so good to watch people's lives change. And I won't brag on Paul, but Paul, the past several days, has gone with a chainsaw. I think he spent yesterday with a chainsaw just ministering to people that stuff had fallen down. He said, well, I don't have a chainsaw. That's okay, but we all have our gifts that we can use for the glory of God. When we learn, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When I think about 40 days of purpose, I think of 40 days of confession, 40 days of of aggressively growing in the Lord. I also thought about some of the negative things that can be in our life. If you're, take, if you're taking notes, there are 40 of them. And these are just some of the, the phrases that I've kind of heard around the house. Are you ready? I'm never going to be that happy again. Anybody felt like that? Especially when you saw your, your prom dress 30 years ago. Maybe you said, I'm never going to be that slim again. That's just the way it is. You ever heard me say that? That's just the way it is. That this probably won't work. Here's one. If I had money, I just worry about losing it. I don't have what it takes. That always happens. The honeymoon is officially over. Hank and Tiffany, can you relate to that? I hate myself. He doesn't love me anymore. I'm not worthy. I'm just not creative. I could never do that. My back is always going out. That sounds like 
Pastor Hank every morning. And they go, oh, my back. That makes me sick. I can never say that right. I have to accept my limitations. I was just born that way. I'm never going to remember his name. I don't need this. I can't. That's typical for me. If such and such happens, I'm going to be so mad. That sounds like Ashley Resto on her Facebook. I'm so, she does that better than anybody else. Watch this. It's never going to work out. I knew my marriage wasn't going to work out. We can't agree on anything. Well, at least you agree on not agreeing. There's one step in the right direction. That's just my luck. I used to have so much energy. That's just who I am. We're just growing apart. How many's heard that in their in their wedding vows? It's never going to be like it used to be. You're right. Walt Disney was a genius. He created worlds from the imagination. If you've ever been to Disneyland, which that's where we would go. I'm in Southern California. Disneyland can fit on the parking lot of Disney World. That's how small it is, a little bit more quaint. And I remember going to Disneyland. And we go to Disneyland. There's a place there called It's a Small World. And, and you get on the ride. And it's, it's, a, it's a ride that honors about 100 different countries. There are different mindsets. There are different dress. There are different dance. And you come away from It's a Small World mesmerized by a little song. I mean, three weeks later, you've been in the shower, and all of a sudden, you start singing at the top of your lung. It's a small world after all. I mean, it's just a song that makes you want to hug somebody and kiss them right on the mouth. It's just one of those, one of those kind, of, kind of songs, you know. But in, in, in fantasy world, you'd have to be all that tall because the giants only come up to your kneecap. I mean, a lot of people live where that's how I wish it was. Someone said, well, I wish my husband was like her husband. I wish he was like him. I wish, let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's never what it appears to be. Can I tell you that? I've been counseling 31 years. The marriage that lose, look the healthiest, look the sanest are the ones that are wild and crazy. It's all, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's AstroTurf. I know. I went over there and checked. You can't eat it. It's AstroTurf. It's not the real deal. Then he created worlds from, from the past, frontier world. If you've ever been to a, a Disneyland frontier world, you watch them blow the glass. They got the, they got the sharpshooters. They got the, they got the uh, horseshoes they put on. I mean, it's, it's, it's how it was a long time ago. And I've had people tell me, well, I wish it was like it was 20 years ago. Or I wish it was like this one. Why would you want to go without air conditioning? Why would you want to go without cell phones? Why would you want to go out, go, go without microwave? I remember the good old days. I don't remember them being all that great. Hello, can anybody relate? Who wants to watch Leave it to Beaver in black and white? And then there is Future World, where it's got space mounts, got all the things, got all the... And some people live in that world. Man, one of these days, my, my boat's going to come in. One of these days, I'm going to marry the girl of my dreams. One of these days, I'm going to win the lottery. And they're always living on the future. Listen, he's not the great I used to be. He's not the great I'm going to be. He said, I am that I am. I'm your door. I'm your light. I'm, I'm your breath. I'm your hope. All that I have belongs to you. All you have belongs to me. How scary is that? And if God wanted to do anything this morning, I think he would to pound into your head that he wants you to be happy. He, he created you to laugh. He created you to sing. He created you to dance. As the verse says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, rejoice evermore. Rejoicing, being excited about life, excited about God, is supposed to be a 24-7 continuous window that we operate in. Doesn't mean that we're immune from pain. Doesn't mean that our marriage is going to be the greatest in the world. Doesn't mean we're going to have all the money we want. Bad things happen to good people. But when bad things happen to good people, all of a sudden it's like good people come rushing to the place to help and to restore. I was with, I believe I was with Susan and Paul, and seemed like seemed like Brian was there, somebody else was there, and we were talking to Valerie. And uh, obviously it's a tough, a tough day in her life. Uh, you weren't here Wednesday night. I'll, I'll share what happened when the storm come through at 6:30 Wednesday night. The hell was the size of golf balls. It knocked out their power. She looked at her husband, Daryl, and said, hey, we can't cook. Let's go grab some people. We'll come right back. They had created a place in the, in the bottom of their house in the basement against two block walls. They had chairs there. They had water, candles. They were ready to ride out the storm. They got in their car, went to Captain D's. It took 45 minutes to go through the, the drive through I'll tell you what. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't wait. I'd leave. I'd go, come on. But they sat there and waited. And, of course, probably fussing like I would fuss. 45 minutes, come on, hello. When they get back to their, their neighborhood, Willowbrook, 
there's a tree across the road. There's a police officer there. And he says, hey, he said, tornadoes come through, picked up two or three houses. You can't get through. Valerie left Daryl. Daryl just had his leg amputated. You remember a couple of weeks ago? She left him in the car. She stepped over the tree, walked down her road. And sure enough, the tornado had picked her house up, turned it sideways, and then broke it in half. It threw it back on the foundation. We still haven't found the garage. We have no idea where the two-car garage is at. And she goes back and tells her husband, we have lost everything. We have lost everything. No, she didn't. She didn't lose a church. And the love of fellow brothers and sisters that rushed to where she was at, that ministered to her. And I had uh, some church money in my wallet. I gave her $200. I said, Valerie, we got your back. And we got your shoulders. And we got your neck. Matter of fact, we got you all. There's nothing you're going to go through the next few weeks that we're not going to be there and walk you through it and help you through it. That's what the family of God is all about. Those of us that are more blessed are able to share more. We have people that have given me beds, give me furniture. I'm going to pick up some furniture tomorrow. And I, I, I believe it's a bump in the road, but I believe she's going to be better, stronger, healthier, more in love with God as she sees the love of God and the favor of God in her life. It's not about bad. It's about good. Look at somebody and say, it's not all bad. There's some good. I used to have so much energy. It isn't my fault. We can't agree on anything. That's just my luck. That's just who I am. We're growing apart. We said that, didn't we? I always seem to dip into my savings. I <laughs> wish I had some savings. I'm not attractive to him anymore. That's out of my price range. I'll never be able to afford it. How about this one, guys? She doesn't understand me. I'm living proof of Murphy's Law. I'll just have to put up with this. Nothing good ever happens to me. Everything I eat goes straight to my butt. How many heard that? And I love this one. Nobody pays me what I'm worth. And then last but not least, number 40, it's hopeless. What would happen if you got up tomorrow morning and you took charge of your day, you created your own ambiance, you created your own mode to operate in, and you, and you started making statements like this. I expect the best and it shows. I trust God. My faith is strong. I am responsible. I take deliberate action to reach my goals. I now accept the best that life has to offer. I'm a new creature in Christ. My, my metabolism works effectively. I stay lean even as I age, Miss Deborah Hickey. I believe in the most perfect outcome of every challenge in my life. I'll figure out how to earn it. I'm healthy. I'm strong. I have boundless Red Bull energy. I surround myself with winners. I experience abundance now and forever. God has great plans for me. Look at someone say, Jeremiah, God has great plans for you, plans to bless you and, and to thrust you out of the nest and fly and do what you're created to do. I am grateful for my unshakable faith. God has great plans for me. Everything I need, I already have. I like the statement, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten. Everything I need, I already have. My brain works perfectly. Let me rephrase that. Most of us, our brain works perfectly. With God, my future keeps getting better. My memory is crisp and vivid. I change what I need to change. A couple days ago, Facebook, very common statement around here, but one of my, one of my friends, Lisa Hill, posted, to be something you've never been, you've got to do something you've never done. To see a change in your life, you've got, to, you've got to make different decisions and operate in different ways. We'll talk about that in a minute. I let go and let God. Guy was out mount climbing. I thought about this when I saw that where the guy fell off the cliff, got his arm stuck, and cut his arm off. I, don't, I mean, what tenacity. I mean, what, what? As a bigger man than I am, or he has a sharper knife than I have, my knife would never cut through my arm. It just, it just ain't that good of a knife. But I was thinking about that, that mount climbing experience. Guy was out mount climbing. He slipped, Jay, lost his footing. There's this bush growing out of the cliff. He's got one hand on the bush. He's got a 1,000-foot drop. He's in trouble. He looks up the top of the cliff and says, Help! Is there anybody up there? And a voice comes back down and says, Yes, my son, it's the Lord. How cool is that? Well, Lord, could you help me? I've fallen off this cliff, and I'm holding on to the bush. I'm in trouble. The voice said, Let go of the bush. Kind of quiet for a moment. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> let go and let God. I'm making progress. I control my thoughts. I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I pray for others. With Christ, I'm unstoppable. 
I can prove the situation. I ask and I receive. I learn scripture easily. I'm supercharged with joy. I'm ready for a breakthrough. Where are you? I'm ready for a breakthrough. Day by day, my marriage is growing stronger. Come on, speak in faith. Day by day, my marriage is growing stronger. I'm at the right place, hanging around the right people, listening to the right thing with the right example. I can make the right choice, and I can have a good marriage. Say that backwards three times. I act consistently with my faith. I am bold. I am lovable. Look at someone and say, I am lovable. I think about what is good, just, and gracious. I am learning a lot through this experience. What doesn't kill me makes me better. My lifestyle supports unshakable faith. I surrender myself and my future to God, and I trust him. Do you really? Do you really trust him? As Apostle Paul is addressing in Philippians 4, notice, if you will, the six phrases of affection. We should love one another. We should really bear one of those burdens to the Lord. Almost without exception, and I mean it when I say it, although sometimes it's very costly. I will ask Pastor Rhonda, what can I do today to take pressure off of you? And there's always something. There's something that I can do that she sh shouldn't have to do or she doesn't need to do, and I, I should do it. Now, probably 9 or 10 o'clock at night, I'm not probably the one that jumps up and says, I'll run to Walmart for you. I say, I'll pray for you as you go to Walmart. <laughs> Hello. But but there there should be... There should be I'm not talking about anything weird or freaky. I'm talking about spiritual affection. There should be affection one for another. The body of Christ should love one another. We should put up with one another's idiosyncrasies, knowing we have them just as bad as they do. We should put up with, with their, sometimes with their whining, because that's how we used to talk. Come on. But being around them, hopefully, iron sharpens iron. We're going to make them better. So here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4 and 1. I know it's just killing you to know what he has to say. Watch this. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for, my joy and crowned, my dearly beloved, to stand fast in the Lord. Watch this. Six terms of affection. Six terms of loyalty. Six terms of love. Six terms of commitment. Prophetic terms. You're my joy and my crown. Prophetically, one day I'm going to stand before God, and God's going to say, well done, because I led you in the Lord. I led you in the things of God. I discipled you. I mentored you. I nurtured you. And all those terms of affection, here's what he's saying. Don't give up. Don't back down. Don't compromise. Stand your ground. Hold on to that, what you, what you are holding on to. Hold fast to that profession of faith. Don't let anybody rip it from you. Hold on to what God has given you. Do you see that? Look at the next verse. I beseech Yodius. What a word name, Yodius. And Sintechi. That's a word name for a girl, Sintechi. That they be of the same mind the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and many other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Watch this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about everything. But in prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Now watch this. Finally, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice verse 3, verse 4, and verse 6. The two things that our soulish man craves and our spiritual man feeds on, the two things that we can definitely point to the DNA of God is joy and peace. In Nehemiah 18, it says, Grieve not, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm going to talk to every drug addict in the building. Used to be drug addict. You got reason for you got high for two reasons and two reasons only. What were they? Alcohol, coke, and meth to buzz. Hello. Valium, Demerol, Oxycontin, Hydros to chill. Are you with me? You put one drug in your body to get that buzz, to get that high, to get that. You put the other drug in your body to be mellow. A guy on pills. Wow, man. I'm messed up. Whew. Don't 
know where I'm going from here, but I'm pretty down. Guy on coke. Wow, man, I mess up. I don't know where I'm ripping up, but I'm going to... <laughs> completely changes your psyche. Completely changes your persona. We will do things drunk. Embarrassed to tell you that I water skied naked with the help of Coors. Wasn't on my own power. I was empowered by Coors. We will do the stupidest things, go to the stupidest places, say the dumbest, hang out with the dumbest people, and, and put the dumbest things in our body because of that DNA has been tampered with. God automatically puts in your heart and spirit a button that you can plug into his faithfulness and you can rejoice in him for what he has done for you. If he never does another thing, you're not going to hell. If he never does another thing, your children aren't going to hell. If he never does another thing, you are bought with the price. You're a part of the family of God and nothing can ever change that. And you're going to live forever. Mark and, are you enjoying this? Mark and Luke, Two times, a rich young ruler got money, got looks, got authority. This guy's got it all together. Walks up to Jesus and said, Master, he was a believer, what must I do to inherit? You see, eternal life is, is, is not something you purchase or earn or acquire. It's not a perk. It's not something you get on a job. It's something that in your inheritance, God gives it to you. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Now, I have never, as far as I know of so far, I have never been the benefactor of a wheel. No one has ever died and left me anything. I was named after a very, very wealthy uncle. And when my parents were young, traveling, evangelizing, he was good to them. I was named after him. But when he died, he left me nothing. So I changed my name. Most don't know that my, my real name is Henry. I changed my name to Hank, because why, why should I honor his name? He didn't leave anything. Just a thought. So I lost, I lost you there somewhere. Anyway, don't, don't lose any sleepover. It's not that big a, it's, it's really not that, that big a deal. But, it, but eternal life is not something I can purchase, or I can buy a plan, or I can confess something. It is something that we inherit from God. And the rich young girl said, Master, what should I do to inherit eternal life. The book of Luke also, because Luke's a doctor, very technical, Luke shares that story also. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said, and love the Lord with all, all your heart, all your spirit. And this is what he said, I have done this as a child. I went to Sunday school, I went to youth camp, I went to church. All my life, I've kept the commandments. And Jesus said, there's one area of your life that's out of order, sell what you have and give it to the poor. That didn't go well. It said he turned and walked away sorrowful. Seth, can you find something on the, uh, on the, on the Bible for me? Get the Bible program. Uh, I just want to share this with the buddy. Go to Mark 14, verse, verse 15. Mark 14, I'm going to share two verses there. And this was planned. I'm headed somewhere. I'm going to get there before noon because Frazier is cooking spaghetti at my house, and I've had a spaghetti before, and I'm starved. Anybody else hungry? Say, Lord, do a quick. Brian, you're always hungry. My God. I, I like you better than you on a drug. I can afford cigarettes. Now you're about to eat me at a house and home. Watch this. He's in the garden, Paul. Judas had betrayed him with a kiss. All the disciples have fled. They're all gone. Everyone's gone. Watch this. It's in the garden. Everybody leaves. He's left by himself. Verse 50. And all forsook him and fled. Watch this. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold on him, or the soldiers laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. For naked we came into this world, and naked we shall depart. No other, 
Another passage of scripture comments on this young man. Three other gospels did not mention this occurrence. We've never brought this to your attention in any of our Easter resurrection services. But here's what happens. In Luke, the 10th chapter, this rich young ruler comes to Jesus, a believer, loves God. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you've been blessed with a gift. You have a fortune. You have assets. You have, you have the ability to make things happen for others. Go sell what you have and give to the poor. This is my personal belief. I believe that young man left that conversation sorrowful, and then he began to reflect. What can I do without God? Where, 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 how will I exist? How will I survive? I don't want to spend eternity in outer darkness. I want the things of God. I want what God has promised me. I believe this young man went. I believe he sold everything that he had. I believe he gave away everything that he had except for a coat, which made him legal because you can't walk the streets naked, obviously. And when he came to Jesus, look, everybody else is gone. They've all fled. But here's a guy that Jesus impacted here's life. Here's a guy that asked Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Here's a guy that comes to Jesus when everybody else is gone, Kenny. They've all left him. And Jesus sees this guy and realizes that his life was for a reason. That he affected this man to such a degree that he sold. Now, now I, don't, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard that preached before. I've never heard it preached. This is the way that I preach it. I believe it's the guy. I believe that we have the ability in our assets to make a to be a blessing to someone else. I was speaking with a young man this week who has someone in his family who's very wealthy. And I asked him right now, if you could, would you trade places? Would you let him come here and would you go there and be him? He said, absolutely not. I said, why? He said, because I'm happy. I said, why are you happy? Because I'm giving, I'm, 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 I'm doing things to bless others. I'm doing things to help others. That's what it means. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And when some of you would well, if you just let me take some cleaning solution and clean all the world off of you and clean all the junk off of you and, keep, and clean all the, the attached things to you and just let you have a fresh touch with God and you begin to look in the mirror, it would blow your mind as you begin to see yourself as God sees you. There's nothing like pure gold. But Jay, the only way that pure gold is found, it's mined from the earth and it's taken in a lump. And it's got all these, all these properties attached to it. It's got all these other metals, all the other irons attached to it. And that, that piece of rock is crushed, and it's placed in a container over a fire. And they begin to melt that rock, and they begin to melt all those inconsistencies and all those, all those things that are attached to that gold. And as they begin to apply heat to it, anybody feel like you're under some heat right now? Feel like God is directing some areas of your life you need to get focused on, and then it begins to stir, and he stirs, and he stirs. All that junk comes to the top, and he has a little net, and he dips off all that junk, and he throws it over in the side, and he stirs. And the hotter the flame, the more the stirring, the more dross comes off. And when he looks over into the container and sees his reflection, that's when he knows the gold is pure. We are in a life that we're constantly having the, the, the heat turned up. I mean, it's easy to serve God when you're, when you're, when you're doing fine on, on cloud nine. Come on. But it's not so easy when you can't pay the rent or when one of your kids is on drugs or, or not so easy when your husband flees. It's not, it's not so easy. You, can you relate? And sometimes if we're not careful, we'll fall back in some of the things that we used to do to try to medicate ourselves to be where we wanted to be. Am I talking to anybody in the building? But here's what God says, if you'll, if you'll deal with this, this trial, if you'll deal with this challenge, you'll realize it's going to make you better, it's going to make you stronger, and you stay in the heat, you stay in the pressure, and you let that strength take place, and you let God begin to bring things to your attention that he's not pleased with, but as you begin to look at his word, a mirror reflection, then you begin to realize, I've got some good stuff going on. I'm the real deal. I'm, I am pure gold. I'm an instrument that God wants to use. The gold is used at the table for the master to drink out of. I'm a container that God trusts me with himself. He trusts me with gifts and fruit. And all of a sudden, you begin to pour out of yourself. You begin to change people's lives, and you realize it was all worth it. Would I go back in 1973 and not smoke my first joint and drink my first beer? Probably. But as I reflect, all the lives that I've impacted, all the lives that I've been able to share my testimony with, I see now what the enemy intended for evil God meant for good, a continuous good. Every day your life brings good. Every day your life brings worse. I think the challenge with a lot of us is that we are so mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially tied 
to the things that hurt and harm us, as the word declares a soul tie. I'm doing a pre pre preparing right now special message just on soul ties. But go with me to Genesis, the 34th chapter. If we today can identify some things that's been frustrating us and attack them, go after them. I got part of my backyard that is a mess. I feed it, I water it. I'm growing weeds that are six foot tall. I'm like, Tommy will tell you. I said, Tommy, of course, I got some rare exotic plant. It's a, it's a purple orchid. He comes over and says, Pat, that's a weed. It's, it's this big around. It's got thorns and stuff on it. It's got a great big purple, and it, look, it looks pretty good. So anyone could try to convince you what you have in your life looks good. But, but what, what if you could address some things today and decide there are some changes I would like to make? Let me ask you a question. You don't have to lift your hand if you want to. Would you like to grow in your faith? Would you like to overcome a particular heartache? Would you like to break out of a tiresome rut? Do you want to get closer to your spouse? Every husband, you better be going, yay, jerk and everything. Would you like to develop a Christian, Christ-like character? Would you like to have an even greater influence in the lives of your children? Do you aspire to higher levels of physical energy and vitality? Would you like to be more emotionally resilient? Would you like to overcome a specific self-defeating habit? Anybody? Would you like... All, all, the, all the years that I've known him, Marcus was real bad to chew on his... If you knew him when he was a young preacher, when he would preach, he would take his, he would take his collar right here, chew on it like that. When he went on national television, he realized he couldn't, he couldn't chew on his collar, so he put stuff on his collar that tasted bad. And when he chewed on his collar... He takes that bed and he, he quit chewing. See, there are things that you can change about yourself that your spouse doesn't like. I promise you. Don't ask her for a detailed list or exhaustive list. Just a small report. Would you like to be in a stronger position financially? Would you like to be a philanthropist that gives away a million dollars a day? Good. Would you like to overcome a specific self-defeating habit? Would you like to make a bigger difference in your business or in your community? Would you like to be joy-filled? Those two things that we look to narcotics and pharmaceuticals and alcohol to get high, to get down, those things are built into you that come alive when you touch in to what God wants you to touch into. Let me tell you a story, and kids, listen to it well. God told Jacob, 12 children, 12, 11 sons and a daughter, don't hang with the people in the land. The people in the land are not godly. Bad stuff happens to these, these people in the land. Don't mess with them. So the brothers pretty much obeyed the dad. But notice what the daughter did. Yesterday, Brian and I went to the mall to look for some Oakleys. I speak that prophetically. Oakleys, Oakleys, Oakleys. Sunglass Hut was gone, so we couldn't lay hands in Jesus' name and claim them. Went, went to the mall and over here on the outside of the malls, two very pretty girls and a real ugly-looking dude. And then we go into the fountain. There's two pretty good-looking girls and an ugly-looking dude. And Brian said, Pastor, what, what, are they, what are they doing? I said, they're bored. They're just hanging around. They don't have any, any direction, any focus. That's, what, that's why the Lord warns us that idleness is the devil's workshop. You stay up all night, sleep all day, you're going to get depressed. You're going to get bored. And things you never thought that you would do, things you never thought you'd experiment with, you will, because the Bible says, seek the Lord early while it may be found. David said, I will get up, O Lord, in the morning early and direct my prayer unto thee, and we'll look up. There's some balanced things that you can do in your life. I want to bring attention to this story. Genesis 34. Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of Elan. She went to the mall. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hebite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her, he lay with her, and he defiled her. He did not rape her, but he seduced her and defiled her. And his soul, watch this, clave 
unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. Look at Pastor Hank just for a minute. In holy matrimony, when God married Adam and Eve, the Bible says that Adam knew his wife. That was an intimate relationship where her hymen was broken, the blood was shed, and she conceived. It doesn't say that he knew her again. Obviously, the first time they slept together, they had twins. Cain and Abel were probably twins. In, in intimacy, in love and affection, in a healthy bedroom, they were conceived. Every daughter of Israel was taught that the relationship of the two becoming one was the act of marriage, and it seals the deal. And what happens when intimacy is developed outside of marriage, it opens a door for all kind of creepy crawler things to come in, mess, infect, and flood. Can anybody relate? I remember we were a very young church. There was a young lady that I, I met her in my office. She started telling me all these things that were going on. And I told her, stop, 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 stop. You don't ever need to tell that story again. You don't ever, everybody she had slept with, every, everybody, all the junk they had in their life, everybody they were sleeping with, all of a sudden in spiritual darkness, she began to walk, began to manifest all these things. And I said, you are a sick puppy. You need to stop sleeping with everybody in town and just stay celibate for a week. Well, that went over like oh, that balloon. Never saw, her, never saw her again. But there's doors that open in intimacy that if they're outside of marriage, it can wreak havoc. Can anybody relate to what Pastor saying? Diana, this guy saw her, seduced her, slept with her, and all of a sudden something in his, something in his heart, something in his soul began to find himself, I can't live without you. I can't, I can't go without you. I got to get you into my life. And Shechem said to his father Hamor, give me this damsel to wife. Jacob had heard that he had defiled Dinah's daughter, now his sons were the cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace. He didn't tell the, the boys until they got there. Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out unto Jacob to commune with him. And the sons of Jacob came out of the field and they heard. They were grieved. They were very angry because he had wrought falling Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing, which thing ought not to be done. Look at somebody say, ought not to be done. Now watch what, what Hamor says. And Hamor communed with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you give her him to wife. Look at Pastor just for a minute. A soul tie is exactly that. It is bondage to another soul that you become intimate with. The son realized it. The dad realized it. I'm going to abbreviate this because there's somewhere I need to get to before noon. In, Di in Diana's heart, she was already married. The two becoming one, it wasn't the pastor saying, there was no pastors in the Old Testament saying, by the power invested in me by two box tops from Kellogg's cereal and the state of Tennessee, I proclaim that thou art husband and wife, what God hath joined together. That, no, no that's, that, that didn't happen in, in, the, in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when the two became one, in, in a wedding party, I've shared that with you before, Mom went in and got the, the, bed, the bed cloth that proved that she was a virgin on her wedding night. That's when they became one, in intimacy, in a physical relationship. So here's what happens. The dad sees his son. I've had, I've had, a, I've had a dad, and I'll be very careful what I say. We have a dating policy if you're in leadership in the youth. Date whoever you want if you're not. But if you're in leadership, we have a policy. And I had dad come to me and said, hey, my, my son... Whether it's puppy love or not, he's in love. He really, really is in love. And I said, well, if he'll follow the boundaries of, of the dating policy, I believe it'd be a good thing. And sure enough, two years later, they were married. They have two beautiful children. They're both virgins. When they got married on their wedding night, he honored the guidelines of the house. So there's... <laughs> if you could go back in the past and not date somebody you dated or not spend time with somebody... Is there anybody back that you wouldn't have hung out with? Now, understand that children, children are not a mistake. Someone said, well, I'm not going to get married. I don't want one mistake to fall another. That baby in your womb is not a mistake. God put that baby in your womb. Your timing might be off, but it's not a mistake. God did that. God blessed that. 
But here's what happened. Something in this something in this young man. How many knows Harry Nielsen? Nobody? No, I can't forget this feeling of your face. And I guess that's just the way the story goes. Oh, let me sing it. You always smile, but in your eyes, your sorrow shows. Yes, it shows. Can't live. Podcast, don't be impressed. No one else is. If living is without you, I would swim the deepest ocean. I would climb the tallest mountain. I would crawl on my hands and knees across the coals of the, of the desert just for a moment of your time. Liar, you get married, you won't get your butt off the couch and watch all the football, and you won't mow the lawn, you won't carry the trash out, and you do nothing to better your marriage. Hello. Now, this is just a thought. In the Old Testament, the parents picked out the spouse of their children and, and did a pretty dang good job. Would you not say they did pretty good? My soul cleaves for this girl. My son's soul cleaves for this girl. We want to be connected to you. We want to sell you our livestock. We want to sell you. We want to interact with you. We want to intermarry with you. We want to. And so the guys, Levi and Simeon, Levi means priest, Simeon means hearer of the word of God today. They're not on their best day. They come up with a plan. You can't be like us unless you're circumcised. So if you're willing to be circumcised, then we can interact. Your people can marry our people. We can sell you cattle. We can do all this. And so 300 men of that city agreed. All 300 got circumcised. The Bible says on the third day, they're very sore. Okay, we won't comment on that or reflect on that in any way, shape, or form. But mentally, you can probably relate how painful they were. They were so much in pain that two of Jacob's sons took their swords and killed all 300 men. Wiped out an entire generation, one soul tie. On the flip side, when Naomi's sons died, when Naomi's husband died, she heard there was bread Bethlehem. She said, I'm going home. She brought her daughters of Ruth, Orpha, to her, hugged them, embraced them, and said, you need to go into the land, find another husband. I'm too old to bear children. I can't provide a son. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But the Bible says that Naomi, Ruth, cleaved to Naomi. He said, teach a lesson entitled, Are You a Kisser or Are You a Cleaver? Man, it's easy to be huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy when things are good. But you let a storm come, kiss that goodbye. But a cleaver hangs in there, stays connected, stays hip to hip, joint to joint. Here's what Ruth, here's what Ruth said. Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. The first convert in the Old Testament in the Gentile church, and Ruth gives her heart to that God that Naomi served, goes to Bethlehem, finds Boaz, marries him, has a child, that child has a child, that child has a child whose name is David from the lineage of Christ. As one soul tie destroyed a generation, another soul tie raised up a generation. It's your decision. If there are things in your life that you are tied to, several things you can be tied to. You can be addicted, as Brian is, to shopping. Addicted. Shopping. Wants to go to the mall, wants to go to Route 21, wants to go to... I mean, he's, he's addicted. You could be addicted to food. How much weight have you gained since you've been with me? <laughs> you could be addicted to soap operas. Remember House? I mean, he never missed one life to live. You, you can be addicted to American Idol. I went through withdrawals. I'm fine now. You can be, you can be addicted to credit cards. You can be addicted to your kids' soccer games. Obviously drugs, obviously alcohol, obviously the first hook the enemy plays in your life, tobacco, obviously. But what 
decisions can you make to get free of those addictions and become what God wants you to become? I conclude with this. Mentally, if you will, take notes. In Philippians 4 and 8, it says this. Whatsoever things are true, pure, lovely, virtuous, be any praise, be any good report, think on these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. We're going to focus on that real strong in the next couple of weeks to come. But here's, here's some things I'd like, I'd like you mentally to take note of, of where you're at right now. Are you ready? What are five things that you're thankful for right now? Five things you're thankful for right now. Let's say just three things. What are three things that you're thankful for right now in your life? What are three of your strengths or positive traits? What are the three, what are the three things you have going for you? What are your three best achievements so far in life? What's the three things that you've accomplished in life? Your best achievements. Who are the three people who love you the most? You're supposed to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. You're supposed to be around people that sharpens you, that betters you, that blesses you. What three people in your life love you the most? And most importantly, what are the three things you would like to see happen in the next seven days. See, without a vision, the people perish. Look at somebody and say, if you fail to plan, go ahead, you may as well plan to fail. Godliness and righteousness is a lifestyle. It's not a coat you pull out of the closet. I tried three coats on today before I found the coat I wanted to wear. This coat matches my underwear. Too much information, I'm sure. What are, what are if, if, you could, if you could do anything you want to do, be anything you want to be, become anything you want to become, what decisions would you make to stop doing some of the things that are hurting you and harming you and start pursuing good things? Because righteousness, relationship with God, is a lifestyle. It's not a drink. It's not a vitamin. It's not a facial preparation. It's a lifestyle. It's every day of your life. And sometimes you might think, get that clip ready for me. Sometimes you might think, if you'll help me with the lights, that nobody notices what you do. Nobody sees what you perform. Nobody hears what you say. No one sees your integrity. No one sees your life. Or so you think. Probably the top ten movies in the Davis house is Father the Bride. I want to show you a little clip a guy that loves his daughter provides with provides her the best wedding kind of skimps on the parking attendance so he has to park 200 cars while the reception is going on he rushes to try to get to where she's at he fails and his evening begins to end in what he feels to be a failure or disaster let's see how it turns around are we ready father the bride Just the way you look 
tonight. Well, I had to admit the wedding appeared to be a complete success. Now all I needed to make me happy was a dance with the bride. Ladies and gentlemen, in just a few moments, this is Annie Banks McKenzie will be tossing a bouquet in the foyer, and then she's off to Hawaii. This I was not going to miss. The mob was headed through the living room, so I decided to take a shortcut. The last guest was gone and the last glass of champagne had been drunk. We surveyed the damage. It's funny how empty a house can suddenly get in. Sorry you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her, George. Oh, that's all right. But you know, I think she's going to be really happy. Oh, well, yeah. Sure. Hello. Dad? Hi. Where are you? At the airport. Our plane's about to take off, but I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. Thank Mom for everything, okay? Dad, I love you. I love you very much. I love you too, sweetheart. Thanks for calling. And have a great honeymoon. Thanks, I will. Bye. Someday, when I'm old, There you have it. God does not forget your efforts. He will, and he is a rewarder. Are you crying? So am I. <laughs> I, love, I love that movie. Come over, let him watch the whole thing. I love that with, with Franz, you know. Franz, the cock. We got to have a cock. It's a great movie. The cock. Never mind, you watch all that already junk. Get a good PG-13 in your life of what you need right now. Hey, real quick. Head bowed, eyes closed just for a minute. Reflective of today, where I am, what I feel I can be and do, and what I'm doing to pursue it. When I got here, I left the car in the parking lot along with all of the hurts, frustrations, and fears of yesterday. When I leave this place, I will leave all that stuff here. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Today I can start making good decisions, good friends, good things. 
good attitude. I can be better next week. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You're in there to make me great and strong, to be a servant, loyal and faithful, to make a difference in somebody else's life. That it's not all about me, but you give me abilities and talents that no one else has to be used at certain times. And when he stumbles with the cross, I will be there to carry it. I will know when my time is there. I will know when I've arrived. And I will know that God is not done with me yet. If you're where you not need to be with the Lord right now, maybe wandered off, maybe just, everything's just not peachy cream with you and God. And this is a, a moment of reflection. You would like to open a door to pursue him between you and and God only. We're here all week to answer any questions. You can text me, Facebook me, but really, God is in this place and He wants to make a home in your heart. He doesn't want to be a traveling camper just for vacations, once in a while visits, but He wants to live. And if you'll open your heart and say, hey, I've opened my heart for everything else. I've allowed a lot of stuff to come and go in my life and my spirit. But today, I'm making a place for you. I promise you, if you make the effort, God will honor that effort. Father, we thank you for this season together. We thank you for this time together. We thank you that we have been we have been spared the, uh, the fury of the tornado. Reflective of Job, his greatest fear, the thing he feared the most, that tornado came and took the lives of all ten of his children. Some of us can relate to that grief, that hurt. Father, the rest of us, we, we cannot, for you have spared us. You've been good to us. God, let us realize that you placed us here to make a difference in someone else's life. A smile, a handshake, an encouraging word, a pat on the back, a card, a cup of coffee, a Red Bull. You brought us to, to bless one another, be involved in one another's life. Help us to love others as we love ourselves. And if we don't love ourselves, let us see what you think of us, what, what you desire of us. In our mother's womb, you, you quilted us together, a beautiful quilt for your glory. Everything we ever say or do, you know you're with us, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And they all said...